Hello all, welcome to the Consistently OK podcast, a podcast where we dive into all things pop culture related from comics to films and everything in between. My name's Luke. I'm Nick. Join us every week for a podcast that doesn't set its far too high or too low, but rather keeps it at a consistently OK level for your enjoyment. All right, Wonder Woman, here we go. Thanks everyone for joining us on our podcast today. We are going to be covering Wonder Woman 1984, the latest DCU film that came out a few weeks ago now in the cinema and in most places you could watch it on iTunes. I think it was iTunes in the UK as well, was it Nick? Yeah, I think it was on Apple, Amazon. I think basically anywhere you could rent stuff really, it was it, it's there. I think it's still there. So if anybody nice. wants to, it's there. So before we dive into this podcast, it is going to be full of spoilers. So if you've not seen Wonder Woman 1984 and you don't want to know what happens, don't listen, but come back after you've seen it. So Wonder Woman 1984, Nick, I was excited. You were excited. I mean, let's start with the obvious thing. It's Patty Jenkins again. Yeah. did the first one. Yeah. Which is awesome. great. It's always nice when the same director comes back. Yeah. And a pretty awesome cast. You've got Gal Gadot, you've got Chris Pine, Pedro Pascal, Kristen Wiig, and I guess they're all the main actors in it. Robin White's in it, obviously, as well. Yeah. The flashback parts. So... Nick, hmm. tell me, do you want to just go from the beginning and work our way through, or do you want to just send out random thoughts? It's tough. It is tough, I, isn't it? I think, yeah, I, I think let's try and go through it chronologically. Bear in mind, I've watched it probably about a month ago, so my chronological might jump out all over the place, but then it wouldn't be our podcast if I didn't. So, exactly. Yeah. That's, how we, that's how people expect it to be now. <laughs> yeah. So I thought the opening was quite cool. I, I thought the the Amazonian trial thing was interesting and looked really visually cool. And I thought, I thought the a, actress that played the young Diana was very good as well, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kick some ass. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I liked. This is definitely going to jump ahead, but I like that it sets up the idea that she has a an imperfection in in the sense that she is sort of always aiming to be more than she can be at the time. It's like she has to go through the process of doing things to get to where she is, but she always goes ahead of herself. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. in my head it does. And that's sort of what the opening is, is doing, that it's like she takes the shortcut and that means that she doesn't actually understand what the trial is or how to, to best the trial properly. Jumping forward... I thought going into the film with that opening, I was thinking, oh, the the arc of this film is going to be something with Diana kind of getting ahead of herself. It's going to go wrong and then she's going to have to correct it or whatever. And it sort of didn't. Didn't. It went another way. Yeah. Like a really weird way. So the opening, I think, is good. Although I don't entirely get what it does in the context of the film. Yeah. I don't know either. I didn't really think about it that much, actually, because the reason I probably haven't thought about the beginning so much, other than I enjoyed it, is because it, it really doesn't do much for the film, like you yeah. said. So I didn't even think about it. Not During the film, there was no reason to even go back to it, was there? No. Really? It's really odd, Nick. Really bizarre. It's a good thing to podcast so we can learn more about these films. Exactly. There was no link at all. No, was there? nothing. There's nothing to do with wishes. No, it's sort of the only thing it does is set up that golden armor. Yes, that's it. Maybe that's it, which was barely in the film. 
yeah but i don't feel like like in my head i was thinking oh diana is gonna earn that armor that that's the story is that at the heart of it it's all about her getting to that place where she can earn the armor but she sort of doesn't she just sort of pulls it out she's like i got this here it is we've we've literally spoken about the beginning of the film and pretty much the end of the film now yeah. which is exactly yeah. what we said we were going to do yeah because <laughs> she only brings up the armor a small bit when steve trevor's character notices it in her study she's yep. there just hanging out. It's really, it's really weird, actually. I never, I didn't think about the beginning about that. Like I said, because I don't think it warranted me thinking about it anymore because yeah. <laughs> I didn't do anything for the, for the film. But there's, yeah. I mean, we're talking about the cast a little bit. There, there are a lot of big players. Obviously, there's the elephant in the room is Chris Pine's character coming back, which you would have seen in the trailer. And I, yes. I think so. The story itself, for those who haven't seen it, decide to listen. Is essentially. Wonder Woman is now in the 80s compared to when it was in the... When was it in the first film? 1917? Something like that, wasn't it? It was World War One, So it's got to be between World War One, yeah. So. so we've gone forward a bit and there's Wonder Woman's rich and she's been alive for a long time and there's several other characters running around very quickly. They're kind of all thrown in, aren't they? After this beginning bit when it's her back in the Amazonian time. Yep. And you've got Kristen Wiig, who is kind of this goofy, kind of loves Diana, not in that way, loves her, but she idolizes Diana for the way she is. She's basically and Max from Amazing Spider-Man 2. It's basically Max from Amazing Spider-Man 2. But her, this is going to be so scattered because I'm just going to assume people have seen it so they know what we're talking about. That's the only way to go ahead with this. <laughs> yeah. But it's like Max from Spider-Man 2. Also, isn't it just Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns? Yeah, very a little similar. bit. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole it, the whole thing. Yeah. Short of cats nibbling on her fingers and her turning into Catwoman, she just wishes to be like Dana and then Classic. makes another wish to be an apex predator. I did wonder how she was going to get to Cheetah because I thought she's not just going to turn around to Maxwell Lord and say, "I want to be a cheetah." Yeah. Can you just make me? A so I wasn't sure how it was going to happen, but yeah. Interesting. So I watched the Fat Man Beyond podcast recently where they talked about Wonder Woman. Yeah. And one of the interesting things on there, it was kind of, I agreed with so many of the points that they were saying on there, but one of the things they talked about was the fact that she asked to be an apex predator, but a cheetah isn't an apex predator. It's it's like third or fourth down the, the list. Yeah, should have been like a shark or something. Yeah, so they were like... um. Oh, to ruin the film. Yeah, the line doesn't quite also. work. So that being points out to me again, it was one of those things where I was like, that was a really odd circumstance in that film. Like, there's so many things in that film which I think are odd. There's, so, I, so, okay, the main thing that I... There's a lot that I liked about the film. There are several things I liked about the film, to be okay. fair. But there is more that I didn't like about the film, which, talking about the first one, I liked a lot more than I there's only a few things I disliked I hated the villain in it at the end yeah I can kind of agree with that and I just didn't like the way it was done at the end but yeah I like more than I than I didn't like in the first one this one is the other way around they they crammed so much into it it was like they didn't think they were going to get a third film so rather than spreading things out the worst bit in the whole thing Nick is the invisible jet yeah the logic I so I don't know enough about Wonder Woman to know if that's how 
like her world works. I'll, I'll be I, don't, I don't know either. But when they were writing it, I don't know what they're thinking because all of a sudden, so Wonder Woman has this invisible invisible jet, but she doesn't have it yet in the film. She's in the plane with Steve Trevor and they're escaping. He realizes there's radar. All this shit is going down. And then all of a sudden she starts just feeling, having these feelings with her hands. And Steve's like, what the flip are you doing? And she's like, I'm trying to turn the jet invisible. I did it once with a coffee cup and it didn't work. Right. So if I'm Steve Trevor, I'm thinking this isn't going to work then. But no, it does work. And the plane goes invisible and it's wonderful. And it's invisible for ages. Not just yeah. for two seconds. It's not like it's faltering either. It's not like it doesn't work for a few seconds and they all start shooting or chasing them. It's like, no, just it just works. Yeah. And it's like such it's the same with the flight. Like all Steve Trevor said to her is like it's like a feeling. And all of a sudden she can fly. Just yeah. Oh, like yeah, that, that- the thing should have been like a huge deal. And then flying should have been in the third film. And that should have been a big deal. But I, yeah, I was always again i haven't read enough wonder woman to to know i've i've sort of dabbled in the the comics but i've always thought the wonder woman just sort of makes big leaps i didn't think she can fly no i knew she could fly okay so she can i mean i haven't read loads of wonder woman either i've read a lot of the new 52 stuff and the rebirth stuff but original stuff like the george perez stuff and everything i've not really read but i i knew she could fly okay I would assume in the comics, I mean, maybe in the old school comics, maybe she just just jump in the air and it's just a feeling. But, but in that terms of the film, it just, it, all, the, all the beats felt so rushed. It's like, oh yeah, okay, I can make a jet invisible and I've got this shiny armor that, you know, I've just, I've just got it. It's just in yeah. my office and I can fly. And it just, it just all went on too. Yeah. Without it, too rushed rather. I definitely agree. And the, the jet thing really didn't make sense. It felt like it was there because they wanted that scene of the two of them together in the fireworks, which I think is an amazing scene. Like I really, I really enjoy visually that scene, but also just the emotional kind of connection of the scene. I think what works in the film the most is still that relationship between her and Steve Trevor. I think their dynamic is perfect. And the jet gives you that moment of uh, like, like bliss between them. But the setup, to it and also what's after it doesn't really make sense like the bit where they go to is it egypt or is it yeah i think it's egypt isn't it somewhere at least Um, somewhere there and it that whole bit just didn't land for me it didn't make much sense in terms of the plot other than there was a big action sequence and it sort of showed the magic genie thing working a bit more but the whole thing just didn't make any logical sense to me in any way if that really if that really rush i said that about 50 times already yeah but, it just, but the film was in production for so long as well for so long and that's what it's a bit odd as well isn't it that yeah had so long and they could have they could have done some reshoots if they needed to but they must have been super confident with it mustn't they they must have thought yeah because they they were like, this is going to be the biggest summer release. And then they were like, okay, it's going to come out at Christmas instead. And it's going to, cinema's going to be back because of this. So it's not that they didn't see it. They didn't think, oh, this isn't going to work. Because obviously it got quite good reviews, I think. Mostly. Yeah, that, that really baffled me. And again, I, I said this to you recently, but I think part of it that sort of struck me with it is that, um, and I, I've expressed this opinion before, I think 
a lot of the reviews that I've read for it were reviewing it as the time in which it's come out, that it's come out, uh, especially for the UK, in that it came out at a really bleak period when everybody's locked at home and COVID cases are really high. And so this film came out and the film at its core, I get, is about love, but it's about the love between her and Steve Trevor and her love of saving people. And it's a positive kind of feeling in terms of the film and what they're trying to do with it. But I don't think you can review a film just based off of the, the thematic sense that it wants to give and the time in which it came out. I think you have to review it on what it's the story it's telling and the story it's telling is broken. It doesn't make sense. It's like nice moments peppered throughout a story that just isn't structured to fit together. Um, I mean, if that came out like it was supposed to and everything was right in the world, I still, I don't think it would have been reviewed as well. Yeah. I, I, I hope not because I feel like, all the reviews I read were basically like, this is the film that we need right now. And it's the injection of positivity. And that's we said the same about WandaVision, didn't we? The first episode of WandaVision, which yeah. definitely could be received with the mixed bag, but it was praised by everyone because yeah. they kept saying in reviews, it's just what we need right now, a dose of the MCU, but obviously it didn't it's... really reflect the episode. Yeah. Now we've been proved wrong. Yeah, now. But yeah, it, but I still think with WandaVision as well, like, they could cut those first two episodes. Like I, I don't, they don't do a lot for me. The, the others have, but the other two, I feel like you could just cut your season shorter. But with Wonder Woman, it, it is the case that I just, I, I don't know what, I don't know whether I missed something in the sense that reviewers are seeing something that I'm, I'm not. But generally when I've watched clips of it or, read bits about it online or whatever it i seem to just come across the same thing that i'm like it just it it isn't telling a story that is connected or really that crucial to diana no it just didn't feel what i wished as it as it goes with most these sort of double bad guy in the film type things is that i wish they just focused on Kristen wig and cheetah I wish because that's such a big villain for Wonder Woman. She's the biggest villain in her back catalogue of villains. Yep. In the fact that she always pops up in the Justice League comics, she's always the one that's there thwarting Wonder Woman. But instead, you got. I thought Kristen Wick did an excellent job, actually. Yeah. She Although was. it's a character that we've seen again and again, like we said with Catwoman and Batman Returns. Yeah. And she she pulled off when she was supposed to look dorky. She looked dorky when she was supposed to look sexy. She looked sexy when she was supposed to look like a villain, she looked like a villain and it ticked all the right boxes. And I thought she did a great job. I didn't actually think the, although obviously it got, everyone said it looked like cats because that was such bad CGI, but I thought she actually looked good as Cheetah as well, but we just didn't see enough of it. And it was too quick. It just, you know, this whole build up, and then all of a sudden she jumps out on this like satellite dish thing. They have a fight for about what, 10 minutes five minutes yeah she gets electrocuted and then all the wishes get rescinded and she's back to being barbara and it's just it could have been so much more it could have been like she should have stayed as cheetah like that should have been done it should she should never have not been cheetah if there's a wonder woman three that's the kind of person you want back in it's like dark knight 
with Heath Ledger's yeah. Joker, obviously he passed away, but Christopher Nolan said he, he would have had that Joker back in there. That's that's what a Joker is to Batman. Like, there's always yeah. an underlining. He should always be around. The cheetah should have been there. And it just, yeah. you just feel like you're never going to see that character again now. And they just, that's what the focus should have been on. Maxwell Lord should have been, I don't know, it could have been in the third film or or whatever. But they yeah. it, just threw them both together and that that villain didn't get enough time to shine. And that bums me out when that happens. Yeah, definitely. Again, speaking of Dark Knight, it's the same with me for, for Two-Face in that I don't feel like Two-Face gets... I feel like Two-Face gets what Cheetah gets in the sense that it's like, it's just not enough. It, it's it's thrown in and then sort of quickly discarded. And, yep. I, you know, with Dark Knight, I always felt Cheetah with it. And with Wonder Woman, it's more a sense that I feel like the the way that they set her up like effectively the thing that makes her a villain is that she sort of just doesn't want the wish to be rescinded. Yeah. It's not, which makes sense. Yeah. There's nothing else to it. There's no like emotional real kind of character development. There's nothing there. It's just, I need to stop Diana because she will get the wish rescinded and I can't have that. Yeah. And it's, it's just a bit like, mm, I feel she's like... not actually a bad guy, is she? I mean, she beats up a drunk guy that's essentially sexually harassing yeah. women on the street. Yeah. Good stuff. She leaves yeah. the homeless guy alone that she's nice to. Yep. She beats up people in the White House, but again, no. yeah. it's fine. She doesn't kill anyone. Yeah. And then she's, yeah, she doesn't want to wish for them. She goes after Wonder Woman, but just obviously she's a villain, but it, it just. It doesn't, it, it, it doesn't feel like she gets a villain. It no, it doesn't like feel like she gets that. She doesn't get that art. Like you said, Two Face. I mean, Two Face did do some shitty stuff at the end. Yeah, but it could have been more. Like what I wanted to see is that if that's the dynamic they're going with, that she's a bit dorky and then she's going to turn into Cheetah. Great, but that should have been the whole of the third act. The third act should have been her, like as a really bad villain and like Wonder Woman really struggling to overcome her. And okay, this is essentially the mirror image of me. She just looks like a cheetah. And she's quick and she's indestructible in a way as well. And just, it just went too quickly. And it just, it just. Yeah. I, I genuinely thought as well, when they were kind of, that they were saying like, there's almost a, a flip side of the, the wish. So just to explain the wish thing, in case anybody at this point is listening to the podcast, hasn't seen it and is confused by what the wish thing is. Max, well, Lord, who is one of the villains in the film, is sort of hunting after this. A relic would you call it yeah it's a relic of sorts yeah. isn't it which will basically grant you a wish like you will think of something and it, it is wish fulfillment his wish is that he becomes the relic yeah but the which, wish if you take if if you make a wish it takes something away as well yeah and so i thought that was what the cheetah thing was going to be that she wished to be like diana but the thing that takes away is that she becomes deformed. yeah this animal yeah. yeah, no, that it would make more sense though, right? Yeah, but I thought that that's the logic I went to when I thought, how is she going to turn into Cheetah? Like, yeah, all of it. You just you just saying that reminded me of a point. Is that I didn't quite get. It wasn't amazingly obvious that Wonder Woman was losing her powers. That wasn't like a huge deal either, was it? Until when they're all when the world is going upside down in there, she's struggling a little bit and. Yes, a pretty cool car chase scene. And she gets cut, and it's like, oh, I'm bleeding a bit. But just that wasn't. That would have been a 
better thing as well. Although I'm basically saying you'd have to take Maxwell Lord, but imagine if somehow Wonder Woman was getting weaker, but Cheetah was stronger. Yeah. And that was the dynamic that you're going with. Like Wonder Woman has to overcome. It would have made more sense with the stuff at the beginning as well, the Amazonia thing. Like, yeah. She has to think. She has to. Just like be, be a smarter. warrior without being a warrior. Yeah, without. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We should have written this film. Say that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just a small step. Yeah, it, it it really does feel like, again, it just it feels like these bits are like these these really nice bits are peppered throughout a story that just isn't properly structured. Because there are good there are good bits and there are funny bits. Like the mall yeah. scene is pretty cool, and yeah. like you said, they're, they're peppered throughout. There are, there's strong content there. It's just the execution and the the timing and the it just falls flat for me. Yeah, it just doesn't connect it, it sort of never really finds its for me anyway it never really finds the the correct emotional core for diana's story so when i get these moments i almost view the moments as like completely separate to what's happening in the story and i always think that's like, i've seen it before in other films where there's there's stuff like that where i kind of go like that's an amazing sentiment or that's an amazing scene but either side of it, it doesn't function and Wonder Woman is like that all throughout. It's it's very much like this is a really bad bit. Oh, this is really good. This is really bad. This is really good. The film is basically structured like that, and it it almost makes it more annoying because you keep seeing these glimmers of it could be really good. It's just not. Yeah. Um, I was pretty it, confused at the end of it because I I turned to my wife Yannicka and I said because she loved the first one. She was a big fan of the first one, and I enjoyed the first one, apart from the the villain at the end. But I just, I said, what did you think? And she said, I don't know what I thought, really. I think she goes, it was entertaining, wasn't it? I was like, yeah, it was entertaining, but it just wasn't, I was, I just wasn't as sold as it on the first one, because you saw it before me, right? Yep. And you sent me uh, I think, yeah, I think reaction. I think, no, I, I, yeah, I think we were talking about it. I think it was just before we podcasted. And I said, I just watched Wonder Woman. And you were like, I'm really excited to watch it. I was like, yeah. Yeah, you're like, cool. <laughs> oh, that doesn't sound good. So um, That's my review of, this, of Civil that's War. That's your right? review. Uh, yeah, your cool. Civil War reviews. Shite, Nick. <laughs> Shite. So, um, yeah, I just, I just didn't, the whole thing just fell flat for me. The villain stuff. The story, I mean, what is Maxwell Lord's endgame as well? Like, what, at the whole ending just... Just, it just made me feel like, what was, the, what was the point? Like with Thanos, you got it, right? Yeah. Wipe out half the Earth. I mean, that's just, the guy's got a point. Just get rid of half the Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Max was always like, oh, I just want to, obviously, he wanted to be rich and he yeah. wanted all this power and everything. But just, there's only so much, there's only so much you need. Like, you just. Yeah. But it's, it's not, again, that is something that's not structured in the film correctly because the film with Maxwell Lord is that it's trying to say, he wants to have all of these things so that he's made himself and it means that his his son looks up to him because right. that's sort of what he wants. That's the emotional connection that they're, they're trying to, to tell the story, I guess, for Maxwell Lord, is that they're saying, like, this is the thing that makes the villain complex is that all of this is for his son. It's not for him, it's for his son. And so the bit at the end where he sort of realises that all I need is my son... Him doesn't really hit home because the film hasn't kind of developed that enough 
Yeah, because what we don't know is backstory either, do we? We barely know anything about him or his yeah. son. And to be honest, you could have just cut the son stuff out as well. It didn't feel like it was necessary. Yeah. Just it just felt like, like it was thrown in there because they had to somehow get him to not do all the wishes. But why couldn't he just? Why couldn't he have just been stopped? I know he had to rescind the wishes, but there's a million ways, like the yeah. lasso, anything like that. He could have. Mm. I mean, the lasso was involved at the end, but it just. I don't know. It just felt like it could have been done a bit smarter. And I'm not knocking. Yeah. I think Jameson is a very good writer, director. Uh, Jeff Johns is obviously involved as well. And he's a good comic writer. I'm not sure about some of the stuff that's come out of him recently with uh, yeah. Ray Fisher and things. But yeah. anyway, the, he's a good writer. That's so probably, that's probably the, the, the thing that I, I think the most with this, with this Wonder Woman is that it feels very much, again, like it feels like a film that was involved in course correction that the original Wonder Woman came out and you had the Snyder influence. You had the the darkness, you had the the kind of gritty storytelling and you, it was still at that point when you were like, these films are all connected. Like now we know that basically that it's a multiverse. So things just aren't always going to be connected. They will exist in their own pockets, or whatever, which is cool. But I think Wonder Woman existed when it was being written in the sense that it was part of Snyder's vision. Uh-huh. 84 feels like Aquaman in the sense that Aquaman is big, bright, dumb, and entertaining. It's all of those things. It's just ridiculous. If you want to watch a big action film, you're going to go watch Aquaman or Fast and Furious. They're both ridiculous. One's better than the other. Um, do, not, do not ever put Fast and Furious in the same <laughs> sentence as Aquaman. Fast and Furious is better than Aquaman, I'll give you that. But they're still ridiculous. Um, and I think Wonder Woman 84 almost tries to deliver the same entertainment and the same level of escapism that Aquaman does. But at the same time, it's still holding on to we've got heart and emotional and an emotional story to tell. But it sort of just isn't. And I wonder whether part of that is the the Jeff Johns drive to kind of make kind of comic book films adhere to like early superhero filmmaking because 84 is quite similar to in terms of sensibilities it's quite similar to original superman films yeah i don't think I agree. storytelling is good but i think it's harkening back to here's a hero who is not necessarily flawed or depressed or broken or going through any real struggles they are purely doing good in the world and spreading love which is fine but I don't know if that works in current kind of cinema. I think post Dark Knight, post stuff like Guardians, post Deadpool, Endgame, Infinity War, all that stuff shows that you can have big bombastic superheroes who still have funny moments and still have entertainment. I think you can still add heart and injection to it. And I I, I definitely think there are two sides of it. You know, there's the Snyderverse, which is bleak as fuck. And I love it for that. And then on the other half, there is the you know the brighter films, the Marvel films that that are entertaining. I think Jeff Johns definitely fits more towards that MCU. That's what audiences want is escapism from superheroes. But I don't know if DC. I don't know. I don't think it works well with DC cinematically. Um, I think they should go darker. Yeah, darker. But that's that's the tone. I don't think necessarily Zack Snyder's vision is the right vision either. I, you know, I'm a bit on the fence with it, but I, yeah. I still prefer a lot of that stuff 
in his in those films, the Justice League films and the Batman, not the Batman, mm-hmm. the Superman films like Man of Steel and stuff. I like that stuff more yep. than some of the other fluffier stuff that's come out. One one thing, and I have spoken to females about Wonder Woman 1984, so what I'm going to say may sound, I hope it doesn't come across as sexist. Let's not go down that route this early <laughs> into our podcast career. But one thing that stood out for me, so the first Wonder Woman film, you got the sense that it was sort of kick-ass Wonder Woman, action-packed, everyone was super happy, loads of people, males and females, were all giving it rave reviews because of the impact that it had. And, you know, similar to how Chadwick Boseman did with Black Panther for that sort of community and everything. And Wonder Woman did that for females. I'm not wrong in saying that, am I? That's, that's I, I, a, I think you're right. But a and huge I, impact. But in the second yeah. one, it, it didn't. It didn't feel like that. I felt that she was just... She was longing for Steve Trevor so much of it. And there's nothing wrong with longing for someone. But I think for me as well, and most most people, I would think, male and females, they wanted the ass-kicking Wonder Woman, the Amazonian Wonder Woman, the one that just was, you know, she didn't take any shit in the first one, did she? She just yeah. went for it. She was flying out the trenches, no shits yeah. given. Yeah. And this one, it felt like she was just a bit more reserved. And it's good in a way because... I, I can see what they've done as well in the second one because they've, I think they've just gone past the Steve Trevor stuff now. Like he's, he's essentially out of the picture now. There's no way he comes back in the third one because the third one's supposed to be present day. And I, I hope they go back to more of a, a villain that Wonder Woman is really matched with and she could just kick ass again. But just, I wanted that for this character. I wanted it to be more like the first one again where it was this powerful woman doing all this stuff and beating up men but it just didn't it didn't feel like it happened because she didn't beat up maxwell lord either did she she didn't do anything like that he didn't get his, he didn't get anything nothing really happened to him yeah so i don't know if that made sense i hope that doesn't come across as wrong but it's no, just I, I, I get what you mean and, and as you were saying actually i was thinking the way to almost that you can almost describe that is that i think they presented her in this as almost like a, a bubblegum superhero that yeah. it's just yes you're right that's what that's what i'm trying to say yeah it, it, it the the kind of the punchy attitude and the the kind of i don't take any shit wasn't quite there in that she was more like oh my god i am in love and i'd give anything for him back and at the same time i'm just gonna spread my message of love and that's what this whole thing is about. It's not about me kind of being a superhero. It's just about love. And and I think that's fine in certain circumstances. But when you've got a film like the first Wonder Woman, which really presents her as like a, a hard ass. And also, I know, again, as I was just saying, that they're pocket universing stuff now. But I was really hoping they'd still adhere to what, Snyder set up in Bat Soups, where she's got mm-hmm. the line that she's like, I walked away from humanity once before. Yeah. I don't see where. Like, if that's no. 84 and Bat Soups is like 2014, 2015, whenever yeah. that, that film came out, if that's the period of time that she went away, that's not that long. Um, no. And also, at the end of 84, it doesn't look like she's going away. So, how do you? kind of wreck on that i was hoping by the end of 84 you know it would be that kind of shit's gone south like i as i was watching the film my thought was cheetah's going to want to be her that's 
the trade-off is that she's going to become you know hideous and diane is almost going to feel guilt at the end of the film that's like my powers caused somebody else to want to be like me and it disfigured them i i can't do this anymore like i have to step back from the world and you know i've let steve trevor go and now i just need to let this go and i just need to to disappear that was the film that i was writing my head i was like that'd be really cool it'd be bleak but it would make sense and they just didn't it was it was that like super happy ending of we're just gonna like the last fight maxwell lord and wonder woman nobody's gonna throw a punch it's just gonna be about the lasso and spreading a message of i'm here for you which is like the opposite of somebody going i walked away from humanity once it's like but what did you what did she do at the end other than saying that message to everyone when she had the lasso on maxwell lord is that the like, last time you see her doesn't that work doesn't it end with her then i'm pretty sure the last scene is just her flying isn't it and yes. sort of giving yeah, it like a, a hopeful message which again is classic superman ending but that superman film was you know a different style altogether and also it wasn't like they had a superman film first of all that was really bleak and about you know do you think they ended it like that because they didn't know if they were ever going to get a third one because of the way the DCU is going and everything going on with DC at the moment, do you think maybe they just ended it thinking, okay, if this is the last Wonder Woman film with Gal Gadot and everything like that, then we're done. This is a good place. I mean, I guess the end credits was pretty. I don't know. If, I don't know if that's a tease of the future or not. I feel like it is. I feel like they're, that's, they're, saying, they're that. saying that the original Wonder Woman is the one who had the suit of armor, right? Yeah, but she's playing a different character, isn't she? She's yeah, she's playing a different yeah. character. Yeah. So. Which is another reason. So literally, the end, the end of the film and the beginning of the film, they're linked. They're everything in the middle is not really linked at all to those two parts of the film. No, no, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I, yeah. Just I, I again, I just I feel like there is so much they could have done with this film. Me too. And it's then... another. It's another film. Another DC film, Nick. Bad mouth my Marvel films, but where the trailer is super cool. And then the film is a bit of a letdown for me. I know you don't feel like that for a long time. I, did, I just didn't watch the trailers, really. So. The trailer was so good. I think I saw awesome one. Music and it looked really good. And Actually, again, that's, that's a really good point. And I, I said this to my boyfriend when we were watching it, that I, I don't feel like it leaned into the 80s at all. Like no, it if, didn't. If you're going to fit was... film in the 80s, I expect a soundtrack. I expect clothing and like a certain visual aesthetic as well as almost a backdrop of cold war stuff yeah because that's not so... though is there no like I, I think there's maybe two or three songs in it there's a little bit of the fashion not a lot in terms of visuals like the fact that the last fight or the last act takes place on basically an abandoned satellite station is is like the most boring setting when you're in the 80s, it could be like they could have set the final act in East Berlin. Anything. Yeah. Just something that kind of goes like this is this is the 80s and this fight is happening here and it's intense because it's surrounded by all of this stuff. There was just none yeah. of it. And and there was a lot more they could have done. I didn't yeah. I think Maxwell Lord stressed me out a bit too much as well. 
maybe that's <laughs> the trait that he's a good villain. But I was like, oh, dude, just sort yourself out. Just yeah, like wish to feel better, please. Because <laughs> he yeah. did touch upon that, saying he was just eventually he was gonna get people to wish him better. But but just do it every time you take every time you do a wish. The next person just heal me, heal me. Like, yeah, so. and like again with Maxwell Lord, I do really like the scene at the end where he meets his kid. And there's sort of like the emotional connection between them. Again, I don't feel like that is deserved at all. But I think it's a good scene. And it just... It's another example of it just kind of being like, there's potential here. It's just wasted. He had a good catchphrase though, Nick. I like the... the, Life is good, but it could be better. better. Yeah. And I liked it when he presented it. I was like, oh, it's cool. That was in the trailer. I thought, oh, I like Maxwell Lord. He sounds cool. Because I didn't know him from the comics. Didn't have a clue who he was. Yeah, I knew a little bit of him. But mostly from my like Justice League comics. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, you know. It would have been nice to have another, I guess, because like you said, obviously they, was, they weren't sure if they were going to step away from the Snyder, whatever they were doing or they have, but just would have been having, would have been nice to have like one of the other guys rock up as well. Yeah. Even like a flash teaser would have been nice. Just something to give it a oomph at the end or. Yeah. I did think because the film was so light, it would suit Shazam. Yes, I, I think there's a there's a cool story there that they can tell between Shazam and Wonder Woman. It depends how fully and they're going to go with Black Adam, really, isn't it? Because Shazam's going to have to be about to yeah. Black Adam is the big bad going forward. Then well, Shazadam, as I saw they were talking about renaming him. Shazadam, Jesus, that's 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 quality control there. I wonder who came up with that. <laughs> <laughs> I just nearly <laughs> coughed, laughed at the same time. <laughs> it's not good. Um. So how many consistently okays would you give it? Is that what we do? I always forget our rating system. Yeah, so it's out of okays. Yeah. It's out of okays, isn't it? Okay. So how many okays would you give out of 10 okays? So out of 10 okays, five being consistently okay. I'd give it six being consistently okay. <laughs> Seven being consistently okay. I'd give it oh it's tough. Four, maybe? Four. Yeah. I would give it five. Okay. Because I thought, I mean, visually it looks it looks pretty good, and I think there, like you said, there's elements in there that work, but it's just badly plotted out. Yeah, I didn't like the two villains put together. Not enough of the '80s, like we both thought as well. You thought it's the first, and I agree. Yeah, and just I, th- I think I just wanted more of a kick-ass Wonder Woman like, yep. from the first one, and you barely saw any of that stuff really. Hmm. She didn't use the bits in between yeah. the tanks. You know, mental, right? Yeah, crazy. Gold, yeah. the gold armor, and what did the gold armor even do? It was basically all defense, wasn't it? It was all defense, it was all about yeah. the wings. Yeah, but anyway, her bracelets are supposed to do that shit, it's supposed yeah. to have all that stuff. So, anyway, it was okay, wasn't it? I, I still, I mean, there's still a lot to look forward to in the DC. I would watch a third one just because I'd hope it'd be a bit better, and I've yeah. good memories of the first one. Obviously, we've got your precious Snyder Cut coming out soon. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, my God. Which we'll do a podcast on. A trailer. Can't wait. On the oh, 14th. Which yeah, Sunday. Will be uh, pretty awesome. But we will touch about it. Our next podcast we're going to do is going to be all about things coming out during the year. So the year 2021, which we find ourselves in. So we'll cover superhero films, other films that we're looking forward to, TV shows, comics, video games. Video games? We call yeah. it video games. How old am I? <laughs> I've started doing this recently. I think it's because I said to somebody the other day I'm playing a game and they assumed I was playing a board game. 
<laughs> maybe that's lockdown life. Maybe lockdown life is in Board games are pretty games. cool, though. But yeah, yeah the yeah. video game sounds really old school now, though. <laughs> and it's like when someone says, oh, I'm watching WWF. You're like, what are you on about, mate? I mean, what's WWF now? It's WWE. Get with it. Unless <laughs> they are watching old school WWF. Yeah, technically. Case. Yeah, technicality. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you like what you have heard today with myself and Nick, then subscribe, follow us, share the Consistently Podcast with your friends. You can find us on Twitter at Consistently Pod, and we uh, look forward to you joining us again next time. So, yeah. thank you, Nick. Thanks, dude. It's good to have you back. You know, after Harry just I know last week. Yeah, Harry just shat all over everything, didn't he? Just taking over. Yeah. So, God, I hope he never comes back. All right, take care. Bye. Bye.